Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm stoked to jump on the mic today with Duke Stump. Many folks that are listening to this pod might know Duke from days at Nike, Lululemon, and otherwise. However, if you don't know Duke from those, dare I say, corporate titles, he is a man worth following online for incredible insight, inspiration, I would say human vulnerability, leadership vulnerability, and really beautiful questions, curious questions, questions that make us say, how do we really want to spend our lives? I was grateful to be reconnected most recently and learned about his incredible program, uh, Bonfire with Soul, that is launching uh, at the beginning of October. And the last day to sign up is actually tomorrow, Friday. And that is why this podcast is coming out when it is. So if you happen to be one of the lucky ones listening to this on the day it goes live, the reason it's here is because we want you to join us and sign up to come around the bonfire. If you're listening to this not in time to sign up, I'm hopeful that there will be another cohort that you can jump in on as well. Without further ado, I'll leave you here with Duke Stump. Enjoy. Duke Stump, welcome to the pod. I am really, really grateful that you said yes to this. I'm in the house of Corker. It's good. I like it. In the house. Well, I like to begin by you telling us who you are. Duke Stump, it's 2023. How would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I am um, an introvert that uh, every now and then becomes an ambivert. (laughs) I live in solitude here in Ojai, California, and um, I'm just curious around how things are built, and I like to build things, truthfully. I guess that's the way I put it. And above all else, I'm I'm just a grateful family man with an Mm. amazing wife, two young, amazing young women as daughters. So cool. I love, I love listening to how people introduce themselves. And I love especially hearing this about you because there are so many words that we use to describe you that I'm like, oh, I wish he knew this. I wish he saw himself this way. And I'm sure you, you may or you do. There's something about your ability to tell stories and connect human beings on things that really, really matter. Um, I'm going to plug this now that if you don't follow Duke Stump on LinkedIn, who may or may not accept your LinkedIn invitation, but you can follow your wise musings. And there's something to be said about how you're weaving together your Sunday night tales. And that to me has a lot to do about humanity and storytelling. And I want to start there and ask, where did the curiosity get sparked that telling a story may make a difference in someone's life? Oh, I mean, I think in many ways, um, it probably started in university in university when I was looking. I went to University of Vermont and I just was really I was taking business school classes, but I was watching Ben and Jerry's down the street. This is the mid-80s, when they were really on this like crazy adventure. And I marveled at how they were able to um, celebrate this thing, you know, in a pint of ice cream. Um, but I, I think it really took flight when I got to Nike. That was the first place I like, you know, uh, joined my professional career. And that was, I was there for almost 16 years, but that place was just a house of storytellers and you had to learn how to tell stories. In fact, my first job was in Eakin, which is Nike spelled backwards and you're a tech rep. And I was based in Los Angeles and you had to go to the stores before or after they closed to introduce the new product. And what you learned really quickly was Retail's hard. You showing up before or after hours. If you just like, hey, here's a new shoe, you're done. And so you had to really be able to romance 
what was being shared in a way that would, you know, would connect with people. And so I think Nike in many ways was where I just learned the ultimate power of story um, and carried that forward. Yeah. So cool. I, if you ever have a chance to interact with Duke in real life, you'll know that there are, there's no shortage of incredible, inspiring, down to earth, Ojai, horse, and beyond stories for you to share with us. Um, I, I have to ask though, right now in this moment, we're going to go in a different direction. But before we go in that different direction, I want to know a story that you're really stoked about, or you're really passionate about sharing right now. And said in other ways, like what is on your heart that you want the world to know about right now? Well, what's interesting is like, I've spent 30 plus years helping to build other people's things, which I really love. I mean, I'm not, I like in many ways being behind the scenes, building things, helping bring them to life, whatever, uh, in whatever capacity that means. But now creating my own thing. And I started it in COVID called Bonfire with Soul. It's this course. Um, it takes a lot for me. I mean, on one, you have, I'm going solo in many ways. So that's scary as shit. It's like, okay, I'm throwing this out there. But also at the same time, I've always had this itch or this yearning to be able to express how to build something in a unique way. And, um, and I think in many ways, my heart beats hardest around that just because it's, you know, you have this, the the emotion and the energy of like oh my god like every day of like being an entrepreneur like will it work will it not work like that I love actually that mental struggle um but also I think just following up on something that has been resting inside me for a long time mm, yeah okay we're gonna go to bonfire with soul because we're publishing this episode off cadence of how we publish simply to let folks know that there's still time to to sign up. And that feels really, really special. So I want to dive there. Yet you just said something that I feel is really deserving and worthy of us hearing more about. And that is the entrepreneurial itch that you had to scratch. And with it, the the highs and lows. And, you know, it's very different coming from a 30-year career with big brands and big jobs and big titles and big budgets. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that you don't have a big budget right now or all the rest of it. You have great names and huge support behind you. And yet you are on your own. It, it's not a brand that's behind you. It's not another founder that you're supporting. It's Duke Stump, the founder. And so will you tell us a little bit about the human, the human side of this journey for you? Yeah. I mean, when I first started it in COVID and I launched it, you know, I literally would joke, like, I think five people are going to show up, my mom, my sister, my wife, my two daughters, and maybe some random, but like, that's going to be it. And I, I think in those moments where there's the seed of doubt, I always say, like, are you working from inspiration or desperation? And I was mentally at a growth mindset of which is, hey, I need to do this because the pain of not doing it would far outweigh the pain of it not working. And so for me, it was just this constant mental fortitude around, all right, like move forward, move forward. And I love, would love games that were, you know, this big or this big. It didn't really matter as long as there was, for me, like trying to create some level of momentum. And then, um, you know, I mean, lo and behold, like I did the first two cohorts, a thousand people showed up from 35 countries. And what I loved is I was able to do this um, right or wrong from the way I wanted to do it. I didn't have a board. I didn't have fellow C-suite members or a community 
you know, chiming in. It was like, no, this is unfiltered. Like, this is what I want to be doing and how I'm going to do it. And it was fun for me. And, you know, like I didn't spend a dime marketing it. I, cause I've, I feel there's a different way to do things. And so it was just an exercise that was fulfilling because it was challenging on a lot of fronts. And I do love just the, I think the mental hurdle that you have to go through. Cause it's hard, right? Like you're, you go solo. It's, there's those days where you like begin to have doubt creep in. And that's where I was just really attuned, which was like, I can't let that seep in. I need to somehow jujitsu this things where I can move forward. And um, mm -hmm. I love that aspect of it, truthfully. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Kind of unique for me from a business point of perspective. Yeah. Okay. So in the name of jujitsu, do you have one or two practices? Like, is there something, it's, it's easy to say these things and it's like fun to read the book on growth mindset. And I'm always like, okay, but tell me like when the rubber hits the road, is there a practice? Is there something that you do of like, this is what doubt feels like. And I'm going to take action in this way. Um, I'm looking for a seed for you here, my friend, because yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah tell me your seed. It's a great question because I, I think you're right. You can say like, hey, ship from inspiration to, or desperation, inspiration, but like, okay, like, well, what does that mean? I think a couple of things. First of all, I think everything is a practice. Yeah. And what we're doing is whenever, it's not like you have this one moment and then it's like the gravy train. It's like, it's a constant practice. And there's days yeah. where that muscle is working beautifully and there's days where that muscle doesn't. But for me... I'm deeply attuned to when that that seed of cynicism or judgment begins to crop into my mind. So I'm I literally am like, okay, I see you, I see it, and then I know there's a couple of things. It's like, all right, I can do. Um, I love the beauty of breath. In fact, in our course, we open with breath. I think breath is an amazing moment just to get grounded. It could even be for me as um, I just need to get on my bike, on my gravel bike because it's a way for me to just, it's a moving meditation where I can filter ideas and thoughts. I think there's the endorphin kick, which obviously always helps. And that just like allows me, I think I honestly having conversations with my wife, she's such an amazing resource. Like if I'm down, I'd be like, Hey, I'm down. And I think she has an amazing capacity to like say the right thing that lifts me up in the right way. Mm -hmm. So having a partner around that has always been a big piece. And so Beautiful. I think it's one thing for me. I think it's a mirror yeah. depending on the situation, but it's, I think the biggest thing for me is just recognizing at that moment, you know, I always, I love Viktor Frankl and that magic space between stimuli and response. You have this chosen response, like, and I'm like, I'm hyper attuned to that, that space, if you will. Mm -hmm. The magic space. Absolutely. Ah, I love it. Breath work getting on a bike, moving a bike, the thing with a gravel bike that, you know, I don't think we talk about enough is like, you're not going to go as fast as a road bike. And you're not going to hopefully go down the places that you go on a mountain bike. And it's just slow enough that you can think and it's fast enough to feel the wind in your hair. And there's, there's something to that that I think is undeniably beautiful. I'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like. Our newsletter, we call it the Corkboard. It has all things juicy, whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching, development, or hot new jobs that we're working on. The link is in our show notes. Your inbox is sacred and your time is too. So now let's get back to the episode. 
okay, enough of my seeds. I do, it, it feels so important, imperative. You know, I begged you, I said, Duke, please, can we record a podcast and can we make it in time for people to listen and still sign up to join Bonfire with Soul? And I want to put the mic to you to say the genesis of the why, the evolution of the now. Tell us about this cohort coming up September, I guess it will begin October, Bonfire with Soul. Yeah, so I mean, I appreciate the opportunity to share. I mean, it's interesting for 30 plus years as an introvert, I just thought I'm a high observer. I'm literally trying to look at things and understand things. And I've been fortunate to work in cultures that have been amazing. I've been fortunate to work in cultures that have been less than scintillating, truthfully, because I think there's amazing learning there. And throughout it, I've I've adopted a series of 12 principles that I utilize. And what's interesting, first of all, is I don't really read a lot of business books. My inspiration comes from things outside of business. I love the natural world, things like biomimicry, which I've been a part of. I love horsemanship. I love Buckminster Fuller. I love Jadu Krishnamurti, the famous philosopher here in Ojai. But I love the confluence of this diversity of thought from outside of business. And um, so I created these 12 unique principles. And really, each principle also has a burning question. And you know, as, as an introvert, especially in a C-suite, it's an interesting cocktail. Like um, you're in this environment where there's a lot of um, energy. And I always, my thing is like, I'm always corner seat. You know, I can't sit in the middle of a table. I got to have a corner seat. But I like the listening to understanding it. And I've always felt there's a another path for how to do business. And I don't think we focus enough on the human skills within a business. Empathy, compassion, courage, rigor. Um, and that's why I created Bonfire with Soul. It was really like, and I, I half jokingly said my goal is to obsolete Harvard Business School. Um, and half joking is kind of right. Obviously, I'm not going to obsolete Harvard Business School. But the idea of like, why are we not challenging the dogma that is connected to business. And then the other thing is, if I look at the state of business and culture today, it's pretty tragic, truthfully. You know, 80% of people aren't engaged at work. 45% of people wouldn't work, wish their job and their worst enemy. You know, all these crazy stats that are out there. And you can see it. You don't need to even look at the stats. You can just talk to people in conversation. I believe if you know, great brands have great cultures. So what does it mean? What what are the conditions to create um, a brand that can flourish? And that's really what Bonfire was all about. Is, is all about. It's just, it's a different perspective on business. Um, mm -hmm. And it brings in a greater sense of humanness um, mm -hmm. beyond just, you know, businesses, numbers and, you know, things. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to add to that, um, that what I feel really drawn to and excited about and so clear on is that it doesn't matter how you're defining business. It doesn't matter, you know, what you, you might sit at a boardroom table, you might be a hairdresser, and all of that is equal in this world of businesses, how we're choosing to show up and be a contribution to other folks and it feels, I, I couldn't reiterate your words enough, it feels so tragic to me that people think that it's about some product and are forgetting that the journey of getting whatever this product is out to the world is our humanness, is our human interactions, relationships, how we talk to each other, how we schedule meetings. And 
it's just, it hurts my heart to think that a robot can take over for the power of working with really inspiring people. Like let AI be AI. I get it. There's a time and a place for it. And I'm not going to be inspired by a robot. I'm going to be inspired by a story that another human is going to tell me about how they made a dent or a difference. And um, I think that you missed out on that part, which is telling us about the guest speakers and the other folks that are part of your faculty, um, which are ever changing, yet still so important. And how do you choose them? And, and how did you decide to make them a part of this journey? Yeah, so um, I for years, I was co-host and co-curator uh, of this thing called the Do Lectures USA. And the Do Lectures was, has been built by The Guardian as one of the top 10 idea festivals in the world. The curation aspect of that is what I love, the ability to invite all these different voices. It's like kind of putting together a jazz band. It's like, all right, you're all going to play different instruments and you're all uniquely different, but how do you come together and really just create this, this beautiful uh, vibe or verb? And so I also think like, it's not just my voice. I want to bring other voices into the conversation that can be inspiring. And so for each principle, I bring in a guest speaker or two, and it is um, a wildly eclectic global group of people that I've known over the years or recently. And um, I think it's fun just to infuse, once again, diversity of thought, diversity of voices into things. And so um, each week there's a couple guest speakers. There's obviously, I'll be leading instruction on it as well, but just, I love when other people are a part of this collaborative journey. Mm, I love that. I want to know, you said 80% of people are unsatisfied at their job right now. And, um, and beautifully shared that you don't have to be, you don't have to read a stat to know that that's true. I don't think, you know, you can sit at a dinner table and ask friends who's stoked and who's not. My question, my last question for you around this is if I'm part of the 80% or I'm part of the 20%, should I come? Like, is bonfire made to set my soul on fire when I'm disgruntled? Or do I need to love my job? And is this going to be like gasoline on the fire? I appreciate that question, because I don't think there's a bias. And let me let me express it this way. Please. I didn't, I don't, here's one of the things I challenge. I think a lot of times in business, we're like, hey, what's the demographic that's a part of what you're doing? I feel like that's not the right question. I think what's important is what's the universal mindset that you can share that people can galvanize around. And for me, the universal mindset is this desire to find the optimistic rebels that want to unlearn business as usual. And so if you're in that 20%, to me, there's a lot of people who are curious about, hey, is there another way? And so it's both people that are content and discontent and what's interesting is when I looked at the first two cohorts of the thousand people, I mean, it was executives at Patagonia, Apple, Nike. It was a, someone making custom motorcycles in Tokyo. It was a coffee barista in Cornwall, Cornwall, England. It was a university professor at University of Chicago. It was all over the map. And so once again, I think for me, it's it's not even 20 or 80. It's like, there's this mindset. And does that make, are you curious enough to want to be, you know, to learn more, be a part of that? And that to me is what was interesting about the gravitational pull of what brought people into the, to the mm -hmm. course. I love you for answering the question that way, because um, 
as soon as I as soon as I asked the question, what I thought about was how often we go to people or places that could be a therapist, that could be Harvard Business School, to save us from a current state of being. And how what I know for sure is that rallying around a campfire, proverbially or bonfire with soul, there is no there's no life raft, there's no saving to be done. And I think that that metaphor is so important to remember that we don't need to go externally to be saved from a situation. We, we can gather and rally. And to your point, like, let's get rebellious in what's possible because this is earth school and we're going to spend time within a business, maybe working for ourselves, maybe working for someone else. And this is our opportunity to, to live. And I'm like, can we grow things together, Duke? Like, can we get in the soil can we light fires and stay warm together and eat s'mores together? So I hear you. Let's crack the demographic. Let's ask different questions. And that alone is so powerful. Who are you going to, to ask different questions? And what are the questions that aren't being asked? I think what's interesting too is the is what's the role of inquiry versus statements in our world? I think a lot of times, like in most environments, everyone's making statements but what what's lost is the beauty of the you know the beautiful question, and I think that to me, that's what I you know in the course like there's a principle, but with for each course there's a burning question attached to it, and I want people to be in inquiry, and I think that inquiry is the thing that really bubbles up and is a catalyst for a deeper conversation. Oh, I love it. I love a burning question. My heart rate goes up just hearing that, and I I told you that I had one final question, which is what is making your heart beat faster yet what i really want to know is what is the burning question that i didn't ask you that you have tell me the question and if you will be so kind would you answer your own burning question for us it's interesting i think there's a lot of emphasis for people and i'm not i for people who are masters at this i, I think it's amazing but when people say what's your um purpose and meaning I really struggle with that. That's a paralyzing conversation because I'm not sure what's the next step or even how to begin that. But what is interesting to me and invigorating for me is this idea of what makes me feel free on free and alive. Mm. And I feel like that's an interesting question to pose for a lot of people. It's like, especially when we're stuck or we're not clear, I think the level of clarity that comes from sketching that out is really amazing. In fact, it's, it's, what I did in the beginning of the year was just like, I felt a little bit like I wasn't sure what to do. And then I was like, no, what makes me feel free and alive? You know, and that gave me the clarity to be like, oh, I definitely need to be doing this third cohort of Bonfire because it's been almost 900 days since the second cohort. And I was like, no, actually, I, I love teaching. I love mentoring Amazing. and being mentored. Those are the things that give me life. And so that question of uh, what makes you feel free and what makes you feel alive, I think for me is one I love. And also it's one that I hope others can share with and ask and, and being inquisitive to friends and family or others. Yeah, uh, beautiful. And it's wonderful to call out, like there are some questions that can feel paralyzing. So leave those questions on the shelf and stay curious about the other questions to ask that do make you come alive. and. What's that rabbit hole to dive into, the ocean to jump into? Um, 
there is something to be said about making our hearts beat faster. And I've yet to feel my heart beating faster and not feel alive. It's not always sweaty. Let's put it that way. It's not always <laughs> on a bike. It's not always <laughs> on a bike. Duke, I'm going to ensure that there are links. Um, I will just personally share on the pod. I'm stoked to sign up and I'm stoked that one of the sweet nuggets um, for folks, if you haven't landed on Duke's site yet, is or on Bonfire with Soul, I should say, because I know that it's a collective effort, um, is that when you sign up, you get a plus one. And there's something really powerful about doing this together. And what I know for sure is we're not meant to do this journey of Earth School alone. So thank you for creating everything you've created. Thank you for curating as you've curated. And thank you for letting us do it together. I am really, really pumped. And I hope to our listeners that you'll jump on and join us too. This is not meant to be a plug. I'm sorry, Duke, for Bonfire with Soul. It's meant to be a true story that says, how can we all ask better questions of how we spend our days and our training budgets and make it count? So that is what really matters. Thanks, Steph. Uh, Grateful for the opportunity to connect with you again. Always, always, always. We'll talk soon. All right. And you know what makes my heart beat faster? The fact that I get to share with you that this podcast is brought to you in partnership with More Good Media. Our friends over at More Good Media are spreading the good word, one conversation, one podcast at a time. So thanks so much for your support. We are so glad to be here in partnership. Oh, hey, before you go, you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review. Four, maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.